podcast number 64, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Born to Run is the title track from the third studio album from Bruce Springsteen. The two singles released from this album, Born to Run and 10th Avenue Freeze Out, created his outbreak success to the world. Released in August of 1975, it has been generally regarded as one of rock's greatest albums. As we shall see, its construction contains elements and techniques far beyond the norm. Through this analysis, we hope to spotlight techniques and methods useful to all songwriters wishing to improve their craft. First, the overall architecture. The song is in the key of E major. The chords in this key are E major, the one chord, F sharp minor, the two chord, G sharp minor, the three chord, A major, the four chord, B major, the five chord, C sharp minor, the six chord, D sharp diminished, the seventh chord. The overall architecture, the introduction, which contains a motivic instrumental hook. Then we have verse one, then we have the hook, verse two, the hook again, sax solo, a bridge, an instrumental interlude, verse three, and an outro. As we shall soon see, these sections contain multifaceted techniques and many subtle nuances. The introduction is four measures long and is played twice. This introduction features an E major chord, the one chord, for two measures, then an A suspended second chord. This is an A chord with the third removed, the C sharp, which tells us whether it's major or minor, replaced by the second, the note B. We hear this for one measure, and then this is followed by the B suspended fourth chord, where the third, the D sharp, is removed, and the note E, the fourth, is used instead. Let's listen to that. The E chord in the first position on the guitar is the strongest chord in rock. This introduction also contains the main instrumental hook. We will call it riff A. Hooks are vital to make any song a success. There are melodic, harmonic, rhythmic, and lyrical hooks. For more on this, please see episode number 57, The Hook. This four-measure introductory hook is also used as a connector between various sections and as an outro. Introductions often set the key, time signature, tempo, genre, and feel of the work and is continued as the background of the verse. This is the procedure here as the verse enters. By making the A and B chord suspensions, you create ambiguity and color to the chords. Suspensions have a certain shadings, which, in opposition to the strength of the E chord, creates an unmistakable, memorable harmonic hook on its own. 
Thousands of rock songs have been written with the 1-4-5 chord in the key of E, E, A, and B, and this sets it apart immediately. I have said in previous podcasts, I truly believe one with or without musical training will sense these colors. Verse 1. This verse is one of the most interesting in rock music. It is divided into four sections. Part 1 is eight measures long. There are two phrases, four measures each. The lyrics are phrase 1. In the day we sweated out on the streets of a runaway American dream, and phrase two, at night we ride through mansions of glory in suicide machines. The chordal background is the same as the intro. The four measures of the intro fit perfectly with the first phrase of the verse, and then it's repeated exactly with the second phrase of the verse. Part two of the verse. In some printouts of the music, I've seen this referred to as the pre-chorus. However, in my experience, the pre-chorus usually precedes the chorus, which in this case it does not. Also, the pre-chorus usually contains the same lyrics. Here, again, every time it comes back, it does not. In episode 5 of the podcast, I discuss the pre-chorus. In any case, I will refer to it as part 2 of the verse. Here we have one long phrase. The lyrics are, sprung from cages on Highway 9, chrome-wheeled, fuel-injected, and stepping out over the line, and then he sings, whoa. The first thing we notice is the change of chord rhythm, one bar for each chord, and the addition of more chords. Let's listen to that now. A, C-sharp minor with a G-sharp bass, F-sharp minor, C-sharp minor with a G-sharp bass, E major, D major with an E bass. That last chord, D major with the E bass, I think has significance. First of all, that's where he sings the lyric, whoa. Second of all, the D chord is not in the key of E. It's the flat seven, so it's very noticeable. And third, the bridge suggests the key of D. Whether this was planned or just a coincidence, it is a precursor to something that will happen. Beethoven would do this all the time. He might have a note or a phrase or a certain chord or a key change that much, much later would appear as an important element in the composition. How many times in novels or in movies we've seen a little something way in the background, a subliminal message that forecasts the future? Also, I should point out, not to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording. I will just play some examples. Now, the chords of this second section are very interesting. It starts with the A chord. That is the four chord in the key of E. And the four chord in any key has been used for centuries to signal a new section is entering. The next chord, C-sharp minor with a G-sharp bass, this is the sixth chord in the key of E with the fifth of the chord in the bass. The reason for this is the next chord is F-sharp minor with F-sharp in the bass. The F-sharp minor is the two chord, so the G-sharp acts as a connector. So far, the bass line is moving from A of the A chord to G-sharp of the C-sharp minor to F-sharp minor with the F-sharp in the bass, a downward descending bass line. This creates a smooth transition through the chords. In a band, either the bass player will do it or by the guitar or keyboard.
In fact, for hundreds of years, composers have used the technique of making the bass line first and then creating the chords above it. The bass line might move downward or upward or in patterns and sequences. Blues and rock songs built on riffs is created in this manner. Part three of the verse, which starts, baby, this town rips the bones from your back. It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. We got to get out while we're young. This repeats musically the section we just heard, the same chords, but not melodically. The melody is altered to fit the new lyrics. And that emphasized D chord with the E bass is now replaced with a C sharp minor seventh chord as we hear the lyric young ending the phrase. Now, part two and part three, which we've just discussed, are six measures long. Now we have a two-measure extension that I will call part four. The lyrics are, cause tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. I believe this is the main lyrical hook of the song. Also a refrain. I mentioned this in previous podcasts. It could stand for the chorus of a song, or in today's music, it is a section, a phrase, or a group of words, usually at the end of the verse, that is repeated often with the title of the song, thereby becoming a lyrical and melodic hook. The chords for this hook are the E major chord, the one chord, and then the B suspended chord, the five chord. This B chord, the five chord, will pull us to the one chord, which now we hear as the introduction containing the main riff A reappears now, which will bring us into verse two. It's a connector. Verse two enters now with the lyrics, Wendy, let me in, I wanna be your friend. This is the same as verse 1 with new lyrics. At the end of verse 2, riff A of the introduction is heard again. This time, its role is to introduce the sax solo. Clarence Clemens' memorable solo is heard against the chordal background of the introduction, the E, A suspended second, and B suspended fourth. At the end of the solo, we hear a C-sharp minor 9 chord. This is an extension which adds color and depth. It is used extensively in jazz. If you are interested, episode 20 deals with extensions and added note chords. The C-sharp minor 9 is followed by the B and the E chord, and then a new chord, B minor 7th, which is the 6 minor 7 in the key of D major. This chord is a gate into the bridge, which is in the key of D. Let's listen to this now. I will label the chords. suspended second, B suspended fourth, C sharp minor nine, B, E, B minor seven. The bridge. The bridge begins with the lyrics, beyond the palace, hemi-powered drones. This bridge is in contrast harmonically to all that has gone before, which sets it apart. It has been alluded to earlier with the D, with the E bass chord used for the lyric O, and also the use of suspensions. 
This 16-measure bridge is built totally on suspended chords and their resolutions. It is really eight measures played twice. The chords are the same, but the melody does vary due to the lyrics. Let's listen to the chords. D suspended fourth to D. G suspended fourth to G. A suspended fourth to A. suspended fourth to C. After the bridge, we have an instrumental interlude continuing the use of the suspension technique. Here we have F suspended fourth to F, C suspended fourth to C, and then F sharp suspended fourth to F sharp. Once again, a total shift of tonality out of the main key of E. This is followed by a descending chromatic line from B to B, which introduces verse 3. Verse 3 begins with the lyrics, The highways jam with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. This verse is the same as the previous two verses, with one exception at the end. In the first two verses, I had broken it down into four sections. In the first verse, the fourth section was what I labeled the lyrical hook, Cause tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. At the end of the third verse, this is extended three times with slight variation. First, but till then, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. Then we hear, ah, honey, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. And the third time, come on, Wendy, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. This is a classic example of extending a phrase with variation. This technique is used extensively in classical music in the middle of a sentence, phrase, or section, or at the end. Here we see it used to reinforce the title and the main lyrical hook. The outro is a perfect example of continuity and symmetry, for it uses the introduction containing the main melodic instrumental hook to bring the piece to conclusion. Bruce sings, hums, woe and oh over this hook. For anyone studying to be a songwriter, this song is a textbook example of how to construct it and various techniques to make it memorable. Let's review some of these now. The techniques and procedures we have observed in this analysis should be both a guide and an inspiration to all composers in any style and genre of musical composition. An introduction that foretells the future, not only in key, time signature, chord movement, feel, and genre, but also hints at motives, hooks, harmonic modulations, etc. Also, we have seen the use of motives as connectors, sections of varying lengths, lyrical hooks, suspensions, prepared and unprepared modulations, solos, interludes, and continuity and cohesion through repetition of important motivic hooks. Thank you so much for listening to this analysis. For added information on compositional techniques, check out my videos on YouTube. Also available on Amazon, my book, The Songwriter's Guide to Melodies. Also, here's a quote from Confucius. 
Music produces a kind of pleasure which human nature cannot live without. Thank you so much. Take care. Joe.